I'm coming back for our beautiful singing voices. Why don't you uh, Why don't you kick it off? Uh, hello, folks. Welcome to episode three of Vanderpod. We're your hosts. I'm Catherine Krieger, and I'm sick again. Uh, so I sound even more nasally than usual. So bear with me. Thank you. Do not DM me. And my co-host, lesser co-host, definitely second billing. Um, but gosh, we love him when he shows up, folks, don't we? I'm a bring my lunch pail to pod every day kind of podcaster. I'm a, you know, get your hands dirty, come to work, come to pod. You know, not great, <laughs> but consistent <laughs> is, is, is the point. Yep, and that's also how he is as a boyfriend. Folks! Woo! <laughs> We're getting we're getting it's getting started early here uh, on episode three of Vanderpod and episode three of Vanderpump Rules season seven. It's amazing how that works. Did we plan that? It's, how did it that? Just, it all syncs up. It's all happening. It's all one, happening. One might say it's all happening. Episode three of Vanderpump Rules titled "Either Him or Me." See, I say either. Well, they, you know, you know, this is my fine upbringing. People have obsessed <laughs> forever over the fact that I say rather. Rather than rather. Well, that's a really mean caricature of me from, you know, the middle of the country, from real America. I say it like rather. 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 No, I don't rather. sound I don't sound like that. Anyway. I'm just I'm not you know, look, I say we all say words the way we feel they should be said. Well and you often say them incorrectly, um, as uh, anyone who's listened to your other again, lesser podcast would know. Uh but we're not here to litigate that today. No, we're we're here to make sure Marty doesn't step on this uh, Zoom recorder and cancel out this episode. Marty loves to podcast. He's he's podcasting's number one cat. Let's be honest. Mm. Well, you know, soon the world will be introduced to maybe two two more. Yeah, we'll see. Kitties. You know, they're so y- my my cats are so young. I don't really want to be a stage mom and like thrust <laughs> them. Um, you know, like into the spotlight before their time. So, well, enough small talk. Let's dive into Vanderpump Rules. So, I don't know about you, but coming off uh, episode two, episode the, the season premiere, and last week's episode, I thought episode three, this one was uh kind of flat for me. It was a little downbeat. This one was like not anything really great or funny happened you know i mean there weren't any any real highlights there were plenty of low lights just a very uh episode was a, and was i d- will and i didn't figure out until the very end i would posit that uh it wasn't that great of an episode because there was zero lala uh i don't even think making any kind of cameo and there was too much sheena so to me that's the the math breaks down right there and we knew uh, we could have known what kind of episode we were going to get from the gate. But Folks, when you get an episode that Sheena heavy and Lala, Lala, Lala absent, Lala poor, not even Lala light, yeah, you know, just Lala is nowhere to be seen. I know, upsetting. Uh, you hate to see it. You do. I <laughs> I certainly do. <laughs> you hate and, to see uh, it. Maybe you guys did too. And you know, like for me, I knew it was a down episode because you know now my. My standard, uh, you know, running feature on the show, updating you on all of the royalty-free interstitial music. <laughs> I can't even do that because it was just sort of funky beats. There was no <laughs> lyrics for me to enjoy. Anti-funky beats over here. All uh, right. I mean, I just like the funky beats, but like the closest thing to lyrics was just the the one break we got that was just 
na 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 no there was a song about like girls be on the grind did i miss that yeah i thought you were your eyes were up and like you were looking at the screen how did you miss that i was even saying the words it was something like girls be up and they're on the grind and i'm working overtime overtime probably i'm i'm yeah, it was definitely something about being on that grind, which, uh, ladies, relatable. So, as we, you know, we're, as we're where we laugh, last left the gang, uh, it was Pride, Pride Day, slash Pride Week at Sir. Uh, always fireworks on those episodes. Always something always goes down. And, of course, something did go down with, uh, you know, Kristen's plot to confront and J- James and Raquel. Just like just like the endlessness of real pride, uh, this episode begins with they're still at pride. Uh, I thought we were going to get more of the James Kennedy meltdown, but, like, this one was just – it was just sort of the aftermath. Honestly, if you see – and they play, like, kind of a sizzle reel of James's worst insulting moments later in the episode – I actually thought he was fairly mild in his, well, post calling Katie fat. Um, you know, he's just kind of walking around with his shorts down and, uh, you know, being a drunken buffoon, but in a garden variety James way rather than, you know, the the peak insulting douchebag that we've come to expect. Um, James said it went from being one of the best days of his life ever at Sir. Honestly, uh, I hate uh, that. one of the worst. I hate that. That's always happening to me as well. But we do get this one great line from uh, James Kennedy when he says, as he's stalking off in a huff, he says, I'm all for equality, but that whore can go fuck herself. That's my feminism. And what, like, what, I, what I like about that statement is like he, he still, even though he's uh, just in the context of pride, he still feels the need to couch it in equality. Like, you know, he can't just say, tell that whore to go fuck herself. He's like, he really, he recognized, hey, I'm in pride right now. I'm not going to be problematic, and, but, you, know, you I'm, know. I'm all for equality. Despite the fact that she's a woman, uh, that whore should shut her damn mouth. <laughs> yeah. Um, which, yeah. You know, I, I appreciate him speaking truth to power, even if I don't appreciate the sentiment. Speaking truth to power, uh, the, the, the power of equality. Uh, and you think the truth he's speaking is that uh, whores should go fuck themselves? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Take a Oh, that's the sound of Catherine backing up. I don't know. I'm taking a lot of cold medicine today. <laughs> I just I'm not responsible for any of this. Okay, so how about um, you know, Raquel is confronted by you know Hope. Uh, and Still, this, you know, like the the extent is supposedly revealing the extent of his alleged infidelities. But what do we see? No new, no new details forthcoming. But what do we see though? A Raquel Sheena alliance, and by alliance I mean just like Sheena, just the, like playing never shows her, any spine whatsoever. Playing her like she plays everyone else, which is like, oh, like I like you, and like he probably wouldn't do that, and just then exactly, and uh, it's it, not even w- like Machiavelli playing all sides against themselves. No, it's, it's like, just if like Machiavelli was, you know, uh, exceedingly dumb and had anime eyes. <laughs> um, you just described like half of the accounts on Twitter. <laughs> Plato Machiavelli's Art of War. Yeah, I the guess. Prince, chapter two. Yeah, Power rises. Uh, Sheena has not read The Art of War. She you should. Could, you you could say that much about her. We should send it to her on like she, audiobooks or something. She should read the art. We, maybe we could get her to do a cameo where she reads from The Art of War. Well, she's 
I don't know if you want to reveal this on the pod, but she's a little picky about well, what cameos she'll do. Well, she wouldn't do one for Chapo Trap House because actually, to her credit... We're going to redact the name of that other <laughs> podcast out of this. Don't <laughs> worry. To her credit, uh, we tried to get her to say it's her favorite, the best political podcast, and Pod Save America sucks. And, and where she, she gets her news, right? Yeah, she's, she's like, well, I can't <laughs> say that because I, I don't listen to it or... or get my news from your show perhaps the only moment i've ever thought a woman <laughs> wow a woman of integrity right there because like that is sheena's only characteristic her only character trait on this show is that she will go whichever way the wind yeah. is blowing she really does just want everyone to be happy but she with her but she's happy too, with her she's too good to take my 80 dollars to say something asinine 80 dollars Wild. That's again. That's integrity. That's the price of integrity. Well, I, I you should have been like, uh, could I donate a hundred dollars? Are you allowed to up the ante at all? I, no, I think it's like they're sort of set. But uh, I don't know if you remember this or not. But I haven't heard back yet from Cameo DJ James Kennedy. I I got him to do one for you, but I haven't heard back from Cameo yet. My well, guess is he's probably pretty busy. Well, it is it is holiday season. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, everyone yeah. wants Christmas messages from DJ James Kennedy. Oh, but you would assume that the Hanukkah Cameo rush would have died down now. Hanukkah's over, so well, you know, like that. Every, everyone wants delivery by Christmas Eve, you know. So <laughs> I'm sure he's just recording. He's chained well, to a desk know, somewhere. It's perfect because you know by that sixth or seventh night of Hanukkah, the presents are pretty <laughs> shitty. So like. <laughs> You know, when your when your dad and mom get you around, you know the dreidel, and they're like, "Check this out, we've got a cameo for you from Peter." Oh, oh. So yeah, as to as to Sheena not uh, doing a cameo for uh, Chapo Trap House, all I have to say to that is I'm all for equality, but <laughs> <laughs> say it, Will, finish it. But that hua can go fuck herself. Whoa, Woo. oh, spicy. So, um, but honestly, the Sheena and Raquel alliance, if you can even call like that, even that, even, yeah. even that feels too strong. But like seeing them in the same frame, like Sheena doing her Sheena thing to Raquel, I was like, this makes a lot of sense. Like you two both just bird brain. You're both, uh, you're both so <laughs> dumb and refuse to see what's right in front of your faces. So like, you know, you, you guys should flesh this out. That That is the only storyline that would interest me, frankly. Well, About either of them. They both have dead eyes. <laughs> Whoa. They do. I mean, not that, which was totally laid bare because, again, to my dismay, you get one on a couple one-on-one -on -one interviews with Raquel in this episode. Well, my favorite was... Uh, where she just, like, there's just no emotion there. It's, it's just, you just look at someone's eyes and you're like, is anything going on? behind the scenes and i think the answer is no well in in one of her uh solo interview moments raquel you can see the uh you know the gears turning as she tries to figure this out and she says you know either i believe james and i need to uh you know confront hope about this or i believe hope and i have to break up with james mm. and then she just goes mm. i don't know <laughs> I, don't I don't know she knows in do. her heart she knows know and uh then in a later one-on-one -on -one she says what she basically says like you know i want to stay with james and that's the bottom line mm -hmm. well as jack says about james and one of my favorite uh sort of his uh you, you know sort of trying to grasp for a well-known phrase but coming up with something quite original and sort of brilliant in its stupidity. 
Uh, Jack says of James, I think the mouse falls off the wheel upstairs sometimes. We've all been there. And I guess with, uh, you know, Raquel and Sheena, it's like, is there a mouse at all? <laughs> that mouse has been dead <laughs> for ages. It's decomposing. What I love about, uh, I, you know, I, I think the mouse falls off the wheel upstairs sometimes. Like the hamster is usually what's in a wheel spinning around. And, well, like, I mice, can kinda, mice can also use wheels. Yeah, but yeah, it's a hamster wheel. It's usually but, a hamster. And it's like the invoking the image of you know, like the gear is turning. Jax, Jax is an individual, He's and a poet. to his credit, sorry, uh, to his credit, we also see early on in this episode, James in his drunken buffoonery is coming around. Uh, Stasi is ordering some drinks. You know, she's ordering some disgusting uh, pump teeny or apple teeny shots or something. James comes around trying to provoke Jax, and he does not take the bait. He just kind of looks at James like, yeah, I see exactly what you're doing, young one. And uh, and then uh, on his way out, James has to, you know, kind of throw a barb at Stasi because he w- wasn't able to get under Jax's skin. Uh, and say, like, uh, you sh- put a dildo up your ass or something. To which. No, I think Stasi said, I wish I had a dildo no, up my ass. No, but that's because he said oh, he okay. offered that first. Okay. Great retort, if you ask me. Yeah. Stasi gets down. Uh, Stasi also did a very convoluted, like, tried to, you know, reference where she was like, James is like a Bond villain if he was, like, you know, on crack and played by an emaciated Muppet. Well, there were uh, two, like two more degrees of separation <laughs> away. It was like, so why did he have to be a Bond villain to begin with? British, she has a British accent. Yeah, okay. And uh, Lisa also described... Uh, well, Lisa talks to Raquel and sees the way James is behaving. And she's like, look, I just don't want to deal with this right now. But I've seen, you know... Like, James has got, like, he's just the he, red. He's seen red. He's got that face on. He's got that face on. And she just says uh, to Raquel, Lisa says, James is very agitated and frenetic right now. <laughs> and I think you need to stop him from drinking anymore. And it's just, yes. When you fall face first into the pasta. He's, he's been eating carbonara <laughs> all afternoon. I mean, who amongst <laughs> us, right? Now, uh, so th- th- that's basically all we get of the the pride party, and it's like you know James's meltdown. That was enough it. for it me. Was, yeah, that was enough. Then we go to um, this episode did feature more Katie and Schwartz. This probably had the most Schwartz out of any episode thus far in the season. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we see a very hang- hungover Tom Schwartz, who says to uh, to Bubba to Bubba to Bubs to Bubs, um, it's pointless to drink half shots if you double the amount. Which is like he's finally realized math. That, that basic. He did the shot math and principle uh, that he is in fact drinking just as much, right. um, just in, in at greater intervals. Uh, but uh, ever the visionary Schwartz was also laying on the couch hungover while wearing. We don't see this until he stands up at full gait, and uh, he's wearing a muumu. To which Will said, "I would fuck with a muumu." I mean, I would, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it did strike me like, wow, that I'm not laying around hungover in a one piece, you know, of some really breathable fabric like that. I'm not doing it correctly. Yeah, no, I mean, or just like the, the you know, like what Middle Eastern men wear because it's so fucking hot, like a nice piece of white linen. It's a nice embroidering, and, you know. We can make that happen. Could you, could you, could you do that for me? Well, yeah, again, Christmas is right around the corner. 
I mean, like a moo-moo give, seems. Give someone the gift of a moo-moo or a free podcast. Give your boyfriend a maternity gown <laughs> so you can be hung over <laughs> in. Um, and now, now I'd like to make reference to something that we've seen it a few times before on this season, little, little glimpses of it, but I'd like to point out one of my favorite details from the show, overall show, Vanderpump Rules. And that is the little bit of original, the original artwork <laughs> that is hanging in Schwartz, Tom Schwartz and uh, Katie's. The Schwartzes. The Schwartzes in, in, their, in their apartment. Right behind there, like the big couch for everyone. It's the centerpiece. It's the centerpiece. When, you have, when they're always having people over, it is the focal point on the wall. And it is, of course, like a, a black canvas that I think is hand spray painted, probably by their own hand. So edgy. Yeah. So like it looks like it's like, you know, a piece of street art. Uh -huh. you know? it's no, like, it's definitely. Is this a Banksy? Yeah, someone could what? definitely mistake it for real art. So, yeah, it's just a uh, black canvas with like sort of white spray paint looking like edgy street art that just says rub, bub, bub, rub, rub, bub. And I find it to be one of the most annoying stupid pieces of shit not only because it looks so bad but, but i think like the, the uh, you I can, know what I mean? like okay, like couples. i can i can back a pet name i okay. can i can do a pet name even though uh we don't really we, do we that don't know, yeah um you know we're a mature couple we're two adults so we call each other by our our full names <laughs> uh william meneker Catherine krieger um but it's it's i think what upsets me the most is just how how tremendously ugly it is and it's just i don't know like like yeah like the couple pet name thing like just keep it keep it private you know well and later on in the episode uh it's like if like the centerpiece of your house was just a giant nude painting of the both of you well but you know? they n uh, that would almost make more sense yeah. they refer to each other to their friends as bubba, yeah, bub, bubba like i was rubs, talking to bubba and uh, sandoval's dad is in town a little later in the episode and uh, Schwartz is referring to his wife, uh, an adult woman, as Bubba. And I was like, imagine saying this to two adults. Um, Just got to talk to Bubs later. Oh, yeah, that's my wife. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, of course, can't help but think of uh, Trailer Park Boys, the classic character, Bubs, a.k.a. Bubbles. Uh, isn't that on the wire? Yeah, the, well... There's a Bubbles character on the wire, but you know Bubs, aka Bubbles, is also well known from Trailer Park Boys. It's not the same actor or I didn't, character. I didn't know that there was that that was a crossover. Is it kind of like uh, Cheers and Frasier? Frasier. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So the guy in Trailer Park Boys really must have fallen far to be the Bubbles in the Wire. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, kind of an anti-Frasier in that way. <laughs> <laughs> How's that cold medicine uh, working out for you? Um, I don't watch any of these shows. Uh, and every time I reveal I don't watch one of the shows, Will lost his jewel. The the pod in Vanderpod uh, stands for jewel. jewel stands for jewel can pod. A, can we get a sponsorship, maybe? We need a... We didn't, there we go. There you go. Uh, what was I saying? The pod in Vanderpod stands for jewel pods. Indeed. No, but um, we, we see more of... Uh, Schwartz and Katie's uh, relationship this episode. And the big question is, you know, following uh, James's uh, rather shabby treatment of uh, Katie. Very classless. Calling her fat. Uh, you know, Basically said, yeah. calling her fat, yeah. No, d doing exactly that. Yeah. Saying, you look, you, look, you look fat, darling. 
those shorts ain't working for you. <laughs> That's a pretty um, good James. Uh, I'm getting better. Yeah. So far, my, my Sandoval is, is pretty top-notch. I'm going to try to keep doing that, keep honing the Sandoval mm-hmm. impression. But, um, no, uh, the question is, you know, it's, you know, Schwartz says to Katie, like, oh, like, I, I hate that. Like, you know, he's such an asshole. You know, how could he do that? But, like, you know, the question is, like, it's one thing to be like, I'm so sorry, baby. It's another thing to, uh, you know, stand up for your wife and maybe uh, say something to James about that. And frankly, I uh, said out loud, I was like, I don't think he has it in him. Yeah. It's like if someone insults your girlfriend. on Perhaps on Twitter. Yeah. Or uh, <laughs> the question is what also you, on Twitter. <laughs> what is What are you going to do? You know, are you going to let it stand or are you going to, you know, retaliate in some <laughs> way? Maybe against... I don't know, better judgment? Or are you just going to like... Perhaps um, better judgment, yeah. No, I mean, I, I say you just got to go beast mode. And that's all I want to say about that, attorney uh, client privilege uh, being what it is. Um, but then the my, my favorite upshot of James behaving badly is Raquel is like, so obviously I want to stay with James and therefore I'm going to believe James. I appreciate her owning that, you know, like basically she's just going to uh, do some magical thinking to be like, it doesn't matter. James treats me like a queen. It's fine. Well, the thing is, like, you have to make certain compromises when you're you know, dating a man that's as talented as James Kennedy. Yeah, like I have to watch Will play the horsey game sometimes um, and uh, do a podcast with him <laughs> also. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so... Peter. Then, then we get the uh, Peter calling James to disinvite him from his birthday, which is in Vanderpump Rules world that like being excommunicated the from the Catholic Church in the Middle Ages. You well, know, but like, also it's Peter. So I thought that that was actually <laughs> like one of the saddest to be rejected by Peter is just very sad to me. And then we get a very sad scene with Lisa. Uh, some woman named Mellencamp shows up. I had to look this up. Teddy Mellencamp, I was originally thinking, is she the wife of John Cougar? She looked young and hot enough, so I would have bought it. Daughter? She is not. She is the daughter oh, of John Cougar Mellencamp. Of course. She was born in a small town, folks. Born in a small town, from a small town. Small towns are a place where there are small towns. Tech and Diane. That's, that's another John Cougar Mellencamp song. Yeah. Uh, so... Teddy Mellencamp, John Cougar's daughter, is friends with Lisa, and uh, she comes in to ask for a job for her brother who's moving to L.A., and of course this brings up uh, the, Brothers. The, the grief that uh, Lisa is still dealing with, again, only like weeks removed from the death of her only sibling. Well, I think it was about five weeks uh, when the show began. And so, you know, so, yeah, probably like still less than two months that it's been since her brother's suicide. And, uh, you know, she's clearly still really uh, understandably bereft about it. And it just really it's heart wrenching to see our queen, Lisa, uh, you know, in such a fragile state. I just want to reach out and, uh, you know, tell her, Lisa, it's okay to be vulnerable. Here are some resources. Take all the time you need. Um, you are loved in this house. <laughs> in this Vander house, uh, you are accepted. No, but uh, we see even in her, um, in her solo interviews, you know, she, she cracks. 
which you and never you ne- this see. This is uh, Lisa really has uh, feels, and this is uh, something we've never seen before on this show. <laughs> yeah, Lisa be having feels. Usually, she's <laughs> always very, uh, you know, she's saucy and above it all, and just you know, sort of tossing zingers out at everyone. Mm-hmm. Well, and from a position of remove, mm-hmm. because you know she's uh, at at turns exasperated and kind of morbidly fascinated by the goings on of her her hot wait staff. Uh, but we never see her strike this serious of a tone, and we really never see her, you know, genuinely sorrowful. So it was, it was again really, really sad to see. Love you, Lisa. Le- Lisa, we know you're listening, so uh, please, <laughs> please feel better. Uh, we think we're sending all the I'm good thoughts. Gift basket. Hope you got my gift basket. Uh, <laughs> I didn't get you and James the same one. I got you a tequila <laughs> gift basket because maybe you want to do shots, you know, because that's how I deal with, with grief. Definitely, yeah. Um, yeah. Then we get to meet uh, Tom Sandoval's dad. Dad is because dad is coming through the party. And as uh, Jack says of Sandoval's dad, he's like, oh, man, I always love seeing Sandoval's dad because I just never think of him as a dad. I always just think of him as one of the guys. Which is and so you know, Jack. Like, so so of, Tom's he's one also. He's uh, one of those best friend dads who's like cool doing shots of the boys. I've never approved of that. I, I think it is is absolutely possible for uh, a parent to be too close with their adult kid and particularly too close with uh, their adult friend's kids. Or friend, adult, adult kids' friends. <laughs> Do you think he's a weed dad? No. You think he's just a shots dad? I think he's just a shots dad. Okay. But what was most striking to me was I was like, holy shit. I, the family resemblance is strong with this one. And this is absolutely what Sandoval is going to look like, uh, you know, when he gets a little up in years. Ariana, Ariana take, take notice. A, yeah, take yeah. a good look at that. Um, um. So also, uh, we you know the other uh, Jax is now fully back in the groove at Sir. He's doing regular shifts again. Yep, and he's so good he's at been it. A I bartender. mean, if, if you're Lisa, how could you possibly let all that institutional knowledge go? Uh, you know, as we see Jax puzzling over how do I, what exactly is in a vodka grapefruit? Uh, you know, it would be a real shame not to have him behind the bar. You can really see the mouse falling off the wheel when someone orders like a vodka tonic <laughs> and he's just like vodka. He's like, I got to pull out my bar book yeah. for this one. <laughs> yeah. uh, can I phone a friend? No, I mean, this is again, like o- overall, like the overarching themes on Vanderpump Rules, one of my favorites is just how bad a bartender I, I Jackson is. I adore it. I really it's do. It's so fucking good. Which is obviously only exacerbated because like uh, so m- he tends to get a little sauced when he's bartending. But he, the, it's so clear that like he makes terrible drinks. People send the drinks back all the time because they're like too spicy or too sweet. Oh, and in like season like- one and two when Stasi is uh, waitressing there, she's often being like, Jax, make these ones right. Like, please. It's just like begging with him. You know, stop fucking her and over. Uh, often at um, especially at Pride or when the bar is like really mobbed or whatever, some like tour- some touristy like women will settle to the bar and order like the two fancy cocktails and then he'll just go, Nah, you don't want that. I'm just gonna give you some shots. Too hard. Some shots. No, Too hard. I don't want to do, do a mojito. I don't want to do anything with muddling. It involved. would make my entire year. 2018 has sucked ass in a lot of ways. It would make my year if when we go to Sir. In a couple weeks after Christmas, if Jax was there doing uh, one of his, uh, what do they, what do they call them? Like a, 
he doesn't actually work there, but they still worked some occasional kind of token shifts. Yeah. If he could make me a really fucked up pump teeny, <laughs> that would make my year. I would love that. Jax, we know you're listening too. I want it just to taste like, I want the sh- too much sugar to just burn my throat. Um, <laughs> I'd be like, thank you, Jax. Here's a big tip. Jax, if you're listening, please, please make my girlfriend's year. Also, also Bo. If Bo's listening. This no, is, Bo is not listening. This episode didn't have enough Bo. Um, Bo is not listening. Need Bo. more. Needs more Bo. Bo is banned from listening to the show. He's been blocked. <laughs> He's been blocked from the Vanderpod. I haven't personally blocked Bo, so, you know, um, keep that in mind, friend. Also, we, we do remember uh, it, it, one of the Pride episodes, Jax just straight up dropped and broke an entire bottle of liquor into the, the ice bar, into the ice which into is like the ice which is a huge the worst thing anyone you can who do works in bar. food service or let alone bartending knows yeah you have to drain it it is a huge fucking yeah, nightmare all take because you know i hate fucking breaking glasses because like you're always finding those little pieces that you I just know, don't see and how easy that it. would be to just scoop that into someone's cocktail oh god oh, then you got a lawsuit on your hands i know and it's like sure is not the sexiest most unique restaurant in la it's, if, the, if it's the restaurant bought... where people are spitting up blood because <laughs> Because they're eating, drinking crushed glass. They're probably so drunk they're doing that anyway. Well, uh, but you know, hey, usually they, they're not paying extra for that glass. Hey, this is L.A. Glasses for snorting, not for drinking. Am I right, folks? Mm. Zing. Mm. Swish. I don't know if that one works. <laughs> we only say pasta on this uh, this pod. Well, uh, Jax hopes he remembers how to make a pumptini. But here's another another thread, another development from this episode. Don't care. Is that Ariana and Stasi have become friends oh, after seven so seasons of bitter enmity. Sorry, I do care about this one a little bit. Uh, I thought you were going to say because these these two things are both revealed at Peter and uh, Carter Carter's birthday party. And in a scene which features almost no Carter or Peter, <laughs> which I love, um, uh, Sheena and Adam, the guy who is also on the way to Stafford Sir, who Sheena tried to kind of bait Brittany away from Jax with last season, they now appear to be together. And I just wrote, don't care, really big. Because <laughs> I just, I don't care about Adam. I don't know him. I don't, uh, I'm not invested in anything in Sheena. Um, but at um, at uh, Peter and Carter's birthday party, we, did, we do see Sandoval hop behind the bar and offer people tom-tom shots. Yeah. The, the signature shot from Tom-Tom Club. And I'm just wondering, Catherine, what do you think is in a signature tom-tom shot? Dragon's blood. Um... Uh, dry ice. Uh, there's like a little a fake ruby at the bottom, and also sequins that you have to kind of drink around, and then it's garnished with uh, cinnamon and an orchid. This is what we do. <laughs> we muddle some star <laughs> anise, cinnamon, and orange peel together. <laughs> then we cover it with gold leaf, and it's super pimp. And we pour in. <laughs> Ultra chilled tequila. It's tequila that's chilled to absolute zero. So it's actually a gas. <laughs> we shoot it out of a gas gun into the muddled <laughs> rosemary hibiscus tea. And we pour it over a bed of miso. <laughs> and a diamond ice cube. And a diamond ice cube. And it's the chillest, most pimp <laughs> shot. You're not going to believe how good Never it had is. anything like it. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, don't get any clarity on what this Tom Tom nope. shot is. 
because we will investigate this further. Is a, this is a thread that Will and I personally really like. Is like uh, these drinks are gonna suck. Like anytime we get a peek, and of course we could look up the drink menu on the internet, but uh, don't want to do that. Wait, we have. We have. You sent it to me. It was it was unbelievably stupid. Did I? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I thought I was well, I was shielding you from spoilers. We'll say we'll save that for. A I'm artificially yeah. uh, saving you from spoilers then. Uh, but for the sake of watching the show, uh, still, like, what they're going to serve at this bar, which is not that far from opening, there's just very little clarity on. So well, good to I, see that persist. I hope we get more. Uh, just another throwaway detail I want to bring up. Uh, Katie is wearing a T-shirt that says in big letters, feminist, and then underneath it, on tour. So I was just left wondering for probably the rest of the episode <laughs> what that meant or what that was supposed to imply. I mean, this is the feminist. It's, it's not like the feminism, the tour 2018. It's like feminist on tour. Yeah. Well, it's important to take your feminism on tour. And if you are on tour, it's important to be feminist. Uh, but one of my personal favorite threads, which I often uh, note to you or have noted to you as we've watched the show is how truly stupid some of the graphic tees are. Oh, yeah. So a feminist on tour is actually not that offensive to me compared to, like, like Kristen has often been in, like, tank tops which say, like, sexy, dirty model. Or, like, uh, you know, Britney has worn, like... Crazy, bipolar bitch. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Wait, no, that's what the t-shirt... That's what her tank top says. Oh, yeah, yeah, that pretty uncool for a tank top to say that. And, like, Britney and her, I think, all, all wear those shirts to say, like, I'll, if you love Saturdays and and brunch and tequila. Like, three things that, <laughs> like, are fine but, like, don't go together. Like, you're unique because you like Saturdays. I believe Jax- I love that. I'm endlessly fascinated believe- by the psychology of someone who advertises that they love wine and Saturdays. I believe Jax was, like, at some point, like, pseudo-sponsored by Barstool Sports and he I was wearing so many Barstool his, shirts. Like Instagram, and even last season, he would just have like the T-shirt that said "Saturdays are for the boys." Well, and he had a Barstool flag in his apartment. Also, uh, Barstool, do not sponsor us. We don't want you. Dudes Barstool's rock. canceled. Dudes rock. No, dudes not rock. not the dudes of Barstool. Dudes rock. They except, do not. except for PFT. PFT commentator. All right, fine. We'll let that one through. But uh, my favorite thread. Of this party, in addition to seeing uh, how close Ariana and Stasi have gotten, is uh, Stasi is sitting with who when Sheena trots up? Ariana? It, or? it doesn't really matter. Yeah, She's sure. sitting with someone at the bar, and uh, uh, Sheena trots up with a, a slice of cake and three forks. I, again, I could eat a whole piece of cake. Oh, she was in Britney. She was in I Britney. could eat a whole piece of cake by myself. Um, I'm an adult, so... And uh, Sheena immediately starts, or maybe Stassi Im- immediately starts in on her about like, so what do you really feel about the whole James Raquel Hope thing? And Stassi <coughs> pins her to the wall in uh, another well-edited Vanderpump sequence, which is going back and forth between what uh, Sheena is saying, which is totally nonsensical, contradictory drivel, and a Stassi one-on-one interview where she's like, Oh, oh so, okay. So you so you don't uh uh believe hope. Oh, so you do. Oh, uh, so now you don't believe anyone. Uh, and so now you're saying hope's a liar. Uh, and you know, love to hear it in Sassy's voice, but also she's exactly right, which is nothing that Sheena said meant anything because again, she's trying to have uh 
have the cake and not eat it too. Hell yeah. As as much as she can. Uh, so th- skipping over the next commercial break, here's the other uh, plot line that's introduced this episode. Uh, Jackson and Brittany are business owners now, and they're going into the exciting and expanding field of beer cheese. It's a growth industry. Yeah. It's kind of like being a born-again Christian. Like, all you have to do is say, like, I'm a business owner. And, <laughs> you, and you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because, uh, yeah, they're, like, at a cheese shop, which um, I, I guess there are cheese shops in L.A. Yeah, no, they they, they have a few, I think. Yeah. I think there's probably a few. And, and I thought they were all dairy-free out there now. Mm. I'm going to see. We're, we're going to get angry letters about this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, from the coastal elites who eat cheese in LA, yeah. So they're uh, they're they're on a cheese scouting trip, and uh, you know Brittany's talking in her lovely way about I just love beer cheese, and Jack just, just like loved, Meemaw made it, and yeah, just like Meemaw made it, and she's just really excited to bring beer cheese to LA, which I'm sorry, Brittany, to be perhaps the first one to say this, but there are no new ideas. I'm sure there's beer cheese in LA already. Um, Whoa, Shark Tank here. Catherine's not investing in the, yeah. the Jackson <laughs> Brittany's uh, beer cheese. I'm, I'm uh, the Canadian guy. Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Sunshine. Yeah, indeed. I'm I'm Mark Cuban, Dallas Mavericks. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be an investor. No, in actually, beer I'm Chris uh, Sock Sacco. I don't know. I've never watched Shark the, Tank. The Twitter guy. He always wears uh, uh, cowboy shirts. Anyway, so we're both all of them, but I am not funding this. I just don't. Have enough uh, operational knowledge about beer cheese, so and for that, that for that reason, I'm out. It's a little, sh- it's a little Shark Tank joke. I'm putting, I'm putting two thirds of the Patreon into the beer cheese company. Will doesn't watch Shark Tank. He's not from the middle of the country, so uh, I'm, I actually have. But yeah, that is deeply hilarious to me. So they're going to be beer cheese um, entrepreneurs, but we do also get, we do get an answer to the question that was posed earlier in the show. Will Schwartz man up and not just, you know, comfort his uh, wife, Katie, over the rude things James said to her? Or will he, um, in fact, check James? And Schwartz, the guy who doesn't really like, you know, conflict or confrontation. I'm sure that's deeply not relatable to you, Will. I, dude, I love <laughs> confrontation. What are you talking about? If you see Will on the street, uh, be sure to walk right up and do a confrontation with him. He loves... He do, loves it, folks. Do not do that. My hands are registered as lethal weapons. <laughs> I, I will end you. I will end you, and I'll be within my legal rights to do so. Castle Doctrine. I'm, yeah. I'm s- on uh, the New York streets, the yo, Brooklyn streets. Yo, Brooklyn is my castle. Yeah, okay. Don't walk, don't walk up to me at the media happy hour. <laughs> and uh, uh, No, but Schwartz does check James, and he makes him, makes him say... Katie is uh, luscious and beautiful. She's not fat. She's voluptuous. You say he makes him say, though, but uh, James worms out of saying it. He All he'll say, he can't even form the words. All he'll say is, uh, yeah, yeah, Katie's beautiful. Uh, um, and Schwartz does let him off the hook, so. Uh, I mean, I'm, I was proud of him for, for stepping up. Yeah, but James didn't say it. I mean, he be, you know he basically said it. No, no, <laughs> Schwartz. I was I was really like Schwartz. You go, girl. Um, say these words after me, and James refused. But yes, to credit where credit is due, it was a big move for someone like Schwartz. You know, um, 
uh, non-confrontational, kind of sort of a puppy dog. Kind of tend, yeah. Uh, what is what's a word to describe males like that? Will what would you say? Just n- nice, cool guys. I think it starts with a B. It's like a it's kind of like a category for males. Best 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 guys. Uh, b- b- beta beta. Wow. Um, wow. I can't believe you. I can't believe you described ascribed to such a crude dichotomy. Of what well, do, do you do? You rate men on their attractiveness on a number scale as well. Literally, I I am so OCD. I can't get off the train until I've assigned a number to every single man on the train. Just all you see is just numbers. All you don't see people. You all don't see all human I see beings. are numbers in in a bank account. I'm chasing that. I'm getting that bag. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine must. I'm really off off that Nyquil. Catherine must. You must. You must always secure the bag. I sh- I surely do. Well. So uh, I guess the other the other thing that happened this episode is uh, Raquel makes girls' night out a little awkward, a little weird. Brittany invites Raquel out to their sort of glam, like old Hollywoods. So that just means they're wearing like a lot of makeup and drinking martinis. They are all really dressed they're up. They're glammed up and. Ariana walks in and she's wearing a dress that's just like a wedgie and Will wanted to rewind it. Um, but out of respect to me, I think... I wanted to see how good the dress looked. You wanted to see her wedgie, was her it wedgie a dress. Wang? Of course not. Was it a, was it a, uh, uh, a Shantosky? What? what? Was it, the, you know, the... the, the that's w- not a real thing. Was it uh, Harvey Weinstein's ex-wife? It was probably uh, Marchesa. Marchesa? No, certainly not. Do you have any the, idea what the, one of those costs? The gown was it was a Mitski. He only knows what these things are because we watched Crazy Rich Asians over the weekend, and I was. Well, we're, we're going to talk about that. Uh, you know, we're, I don't think I've. Vanderpump Mooney movie corner. Yeah, don't think. No, we have not. We have not forgotten about the bonus uh, movie reviews. Uh, no, but they're all looking great, and Brittany, who I love, uh, veered. My opinion, a little too nice uh, by wanting to incorporate Raquel. It was, you know, uh, again, a nice gesture. So they, they, but they but sh- if I showed up and I was like, wait, you actually did that? I'd be like, come on, please. They were having a lovely night and then it went to shit. Well, they, you know, the, the gals try once again to talk some sense to uh, Raquel about uh james spoiler alert it does not work and of course you know britney uh was like you know i've been there dating the guy that everyone hates and uh, who everyone knows britney probably has the firmest ground to stand on in reasoning with raquel because she has been there but it uh goes nowhere because uh raquel says you don't see the james that i see the james that i see treats me like a queen yeah really it's hard to argue with that um he treats me like a queen. And I just got to say, you know, Kristen, you know, can't be feeling good that her plan has now just crapped out entirely. James did not get fired from his job mm-hmm. for being a, a drunken buffoon. Even though she makes a crack. R- honestly, Raquel's arrival, uh, what it does to Kristen's face is actually made it worth it for me. And uh, Kristen immediately makes a crack about like, oh, does he still have a job? And he does, in fact, have a job still. Uh, so this is yeah, Kristen's really fallen down on the job. This uh, this has to be her least successful heist yeah. to date, and uh, she's got to be having a little bit of an identity crisis over it. Well, you know, she's just got to come back, you know, even stronger and better. 
she well she, we know she's not gonna give this up she's gonna be like a junkyard dog with the bone exactly she's gonna keep mailing letters to the san francisco chronicle <laughs> containing a cryptogram which reveals her uh All right, I, plan. Think cri- I think cryptograms are a little high concept <laughs> for the crew we're dealing with here uh will but so the plan uh basically it, it did not work um and uh at least so far and then uh, we go into the final act of this episode. And I have to say, everybody, take a shot. Because we get to see just a brief glimpse of the Sir Kitchen staff. Oh, Anytime I, we get to I, see the I Sir Kitchen it. staff. Chef, Chef Joe. Chef Joe. Yeah. Head Chef Joe. Head Chef Joe. A, an obligatory scene where Lisa's like popping in and being like, so what's on the menu? Sea bass and is sh- on the menu. Chef Joe is like, sea bass. But the best of all time, <laughs> maybe like one of our favorite really, things really ever. Really, really a great line. Clearly, oh. we both conveyed it well. No, but no, no. One of my, our favorite things ever on Vanderpump Rules was when uh, Kristen finally gets fired. And you see the reactions from the kitchen staff where they were like, Kristen just got fired, bro. <laughs> She's crazy. Top 10 moment. Yeah, they're just Top like, 10 moment. high fiving. Like, I think one other time before, they also showed them kind of gossiping about someone cheated on someone. Oh, no, this is like when it was rumored that Britney and Kristen had hooked up. Oh, and, and yeah, 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 sort of yeah, a, a yeah, yeah, that, that they had uh, had a, yeah. a lezzy hookup. And to see them kind of gossiping about that, too, was hilarious. But, like, no, and they were all high-fiving when Kristen got fired. That was... Oh, I'm I mean, sure Kristen was a bitch to them oh whenever God, she yeah. got to interact In with fact, them. In fact, I would like to pitch Bravo and, like doing like a, a Vanderpump after show where they just talk to the kitchen staff. I would watch the hell out uh, like of that. A, one of the reunion episodes, they should dedicate one hour to bringing in all the kitchen staff and just have them talk about all of these fucking idiots that they have to work with. That's, be honest, that's they, the reunion like, I they, want. They're the ones who are working a real fucking job. Oh, I mean, yeah, I yeah. Mean, like, being a waiter and a bartender is a hard job. They don't... But, oh, uh, but, well, these, people, I mean, but like, these people are, are rapidly uh, transitioning away from having a real job <laughs> yeah. in any meaningful sense and have been for a couple seasons. But uh, the, the episode closes with... Excuse me. The episode closes with uh, Katie coming in to, um, you know, bend uh, Lisa's ear for a tick. And Katie is, uh, you know, feminist on tour. She's essentially <laughs> going to tell Lisa that, like, the and way... she's taking her feminism on tour She's taking her feminism on tour. By and sitting into down the workplace. with Lisa. And she's going to tell Lisa that, you know, she cannot countenance, you know, working in an establishment that um, allows James to get away with treating women the way he does. To be being vulgar and insulting well, and nasty to them. This is where we get the James Sizzle reel treating basically everyone the way he has treated them, which is he's been particularly insulting to the women um, at at various turns, but also you know really come for everyone. So what I loved about this is also uh, Lisa says like I wasn't aware of the extent of it because you know I wasn't I, I saw as she says in her own words. Have you not watched the show? She goes, James was doing his DJ crap. And I love that, that Lisa does not respect the art of beat making. I love that. And beat playing. I love that. And, Even know. though clearly she's she's she said like, oh, he's built up Tuesdays, his DJ crap. So clearly she appreciates the business the on Tuesdays. Yeah. Uh, but hey, I love that she hey, does how not. That? How about this? DJ crap? That should be James Kennedy's real DJ name. Wow. James that's Kennedy, uh... DJ crap. Wow. That's. That is really good. Um, but, you uh, you can save that for put that in your ideas uh, files if if you ever get into DJing. Hey yo. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, no, but so Katie's bright idea for this is to sit Lisa down and give her an ultimatum that basically, like, either you get rid of DJ James Kennedy or you get rid of me. Well, it's and a- she justifies this by saying, I've only done an ultimatum one time before in my life, and it worked. Mm-hmm. And I just got to say, Katie, you can give an ultimatum to Tom Schwartz. You cannot give an ultimatum yeah, to Lisa Vanderpump. Lisa Vanderpump is no, is no Tom. Yeah. And, uh, so I, I think they don't show us uh, in this episode. They they do a to be continued yeah. like they always used to do on like the uh, idea, law, No, I'm okay. talking on uh, lo- like Law and Order and, you know, after school shows. Uh, so they don't show us what's going to happen. But I would guess that this gambit is not going to work. Lisa does not like being backed into a corner. She will not be uh, run by Katie. But I'd love to be proven wrong. We shall see. I would also guess that um, this ultimatum is not really going to phase uh, Lisa Vanderpump. Right. And, and at the end of the day, she's singing about those dollars. Those dollars but and cents. But what we did get to see, which I am so excited for next week, really pinning a lot of my hopes that were um, misplaced or displaced on this episode... Uh, we in the previews they flash ahead to clearly Lisa is going to confront James and James is gonna blubber his eyes out and just please, beg, please, Lisa, literally, fire me. I'll never drink again please, and like blah I don't blah want, blah. I won't be a naughty boy ever again. And he's done this at least once before, oh, yeah. so I'm really excited. I'm really gonna relish that scene. We're lo- we're very much looking forward to episode four. Uh, next time we also get. Tom, Tom and Tom interviewing bartenders for Tom Tom Club, which, again, the professionalism there, I'm sure, is going to completely through shine the roof. through. Through the roof. Um, we get Ariana and Stasi having a joint birthday party. Two planning. People, planning a joint birthday planning party. Planning a joint birthday party. Two people for whom birthdays mean more than, like, you know, every eight-year-old in America combined. Right. Ariana in particular. This Now, this harkens back to... I. I, I I wanted to bring this up. Another one of my absolute favorite moments <laughs> from the entire run of Vanderpump Rules. Iconic. This was when uh, Ariana had like sort of a big children's birthday party that was like Tom had planned out and it was very important for her. Yeah, there was like a jumpy like castle. A castle and like water guns oh. and it was like she was dressed like a unicorn or something. It was she was extremely too into it. She was extremely too into it and also got super emotional because she as she says says to Tom Sandoval you know, like, th- this is the time of year where I think about my, you know, uh, dead dad. This is when my father passed away. And I just think, I always think of him on my birthday. And then I'll never get to see him again. And, like, I just feel, like, very fragile and, al- and alone right now. Yeah, it's almost enough and to forgive her for, you know, being an adult who's too into her birthday, which I think is unforgivable. But this, this was when... Um, Sandoval had, had just been invited to go to a Vegas boys weekend. He's like, damn, he's like, this is my opening. He was like, he was like, yeah, I hear that. I'm there for you, babe. Like, <laughs> you're the most pimp, coolest girl <laughs> in the world. And I'm just like, I'm so there for you. And I love you so much. But tomorrow, they, they <laughs> said we could go to a place where we could, like, crush shit with bulldozers. So, and then she was like... Just go, <laughs> yeah. Just go. I uh, that was <laughs> he was like the emotional like, ineptitude <laughs> of I just love the Vanderpump like, Rules men laid bare. I just dude, I dude, I have so much respect when you're you, when your girlfriend's she's like crying and then when your lit- girlfriend's <laughs> laying something really serious on you and you're like, ah oh, shit. Well, I really have to like 
ask about this other thing. So, like, how long do I have to? How many beats must I wait? No, he, but he tried to explain it. Like, and Tom like, waits zero he was beats. Like, Look, this isn't just some like guy's weekend. He's like, we're gonna we, we're gonna get crush to it. drive bulldozers. We're gonna get to move and dirt around <laughs> and use an earth mover or whatever. <laughs> Which uh, uh, I, I do think at the time you you said sounds cool. Well, I mean, shit. Yeah. I would, oh yeah, I would love to do that. G- guys are guys, um, but real impeccable timing. Perhaps his best moment one, ever. One of my favorite moments on the show. So uh, yeah, I think that wraps it up for episode three. Yeah, do better next time. Do you have uh, any miscellaneous stray thoughts? Yeah, I want episode four to be better. I you know I do. I realize about Sheena this episode. Which, you know, this is not particularly profound. I realized it before, but the only way she uh, defines herself is in relation to other people. And that's why she's disloyal and has no real character traits because, um, you know, other people are variable. So she's always moving and shifting to meet people around her and keep them happy. And, you know, Sheena, I just want you to be true to whoever it is you are under all of those extensions. Uh, I don't know. What else? I definitely had something else. Oh, in the same way that you can just call a business into being, uh, Tom rides his motorized cooler into the guys. That was Jax. Jax rides the Oh, sorry. I misspoke. Yeah, yeah. J- Jax rides his uh, motorized cooler down the hall to uh, Schwartz's because they all most of the, they, live they live in the same, in the same building like, condo now yeah yeah um, and he arrives and he's saying like yeah well Brittany and I are business owners we got it patented we got it licensed and I would love uh, any patent lawyers listening out out there I would love to someone to pull up the patent for beer cheese in the name of uh, Jax Taylor and Brittany Cartwright. Get on it, folks. That's what I got. So I would like to continue with our Vanderpod movie corner. You know, as we get towards, you know. What the people really tune in well, for. Well, you know, Vanderpump Rules is a show about Hollywood. Mm-hmm. It's about, you know, the glitz and glamour of the entertainment industry and being a model and an actor. Well, and you're lucky enough to be dating me, a member of uh, a, a very glitzy Hollywood union, WGAE, Uh Contact me if you want to organize your workplace. Uh, and I get a lot of screeners. You got the plug for those fucking got a lot of screeners for, screeners. Award, for award season. So we really just binged last weekend. We did three back-to-back movies I thought would just all be horseshit. Lay it on them well. Okay. First up on the list, Green Book. Green Book is the sort of uh, reverse driving Miss Daisy. Uh, he, he, uh, I'm going to try to review this movie in a way that well, no matter what you think of the movie, <laughs> I will come up with the correct and woke opinion on it. But I don't, not in, I not don't, in the way that you're going to imagine. This now, is going to be really hard for you Green to do. Green Book is, uh, stars uh, Marshala Ali, who won the Academy Award for uh, Moonlight, Best Supporting Actor last year, and Viggo Mortensen, one of my favorite actors. Two faves. I love Viggo, and they're both great in this movie. This is a uh, based on a true story, uh, sort of uh, essentially the kind of movie that they probably shouldn't make anymore. And by that, I mean sort of 
feel-good buddy movies where a white guy and a black guy confront like race in American history and grow and get better. Yeah, there's a, all, there's like, eventually a good cop in this movie. You know, it just kind of feels out of step with uh, race relations in 2018. But th- and, there's two you know, white people saying this. Well, so. well I mean, I, I, you know what? I'm, I'm white and I'm going to say it. This movie, Green Book, was racist. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> Viggo Mortensen is not Italian. I believe he is Danish. Wow. If he's anything. Okay. Well, I'm, he's everyone's something. Think I don't know that. how I don't know how shall I uh, Viggo Mortensen in this movie is an actor I, I, I love and respect and I have admired his work in the past. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he does what can only be described as olive oil face <laughs> in this movie. Speak on it says. He plays um probably one of the dumbest guineas <laughs> ever committed to film. <laughs> who uh, sort of grows and learns to be less of a sort of inveterately rude, uh, <laughs> dirty, and uh, criminal-minded uh, <laughs> jackass. Well, as much as he's able to, well, you know, like within, he, within he, certain... Uh, he, he, he sort of betters himself in a kind of talented 10th kind of way in the Italian community mm-hmm. by his prolonged exposure to an incredibly worldly and sophisticated gay black man. Right, who is, who is a prodigy uh, musician. yeah. yeah. Um, he also I, gets less racist. And I gotta say, I mean, it's 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 portrayal that like you know Italians need to like you know better themselves is what is implied in that movie, and better themselves largely through the guidance of you know uh, someone who's not of their race. Damn, I found to be offensive, and wow. frankly, Green Book is canceled. I'm not gonna lie. I actually will loved Green Book. He loved it. <laughs> I wanted to watch it first because I was like, I'm just gonna get drunk and tired. Like we gotta get this out of the way. I thought it was gonna be like eating steamed broccoli. No, it was the best. It was the most entertaining one of the bunch. Okay, I enjoyed it for all the reasons you uh, probably shouldn't, and I got a little ostracized at work for saying this. Well, look, it's like I said, it's a kind of movie that they probably shouldn't make anymore. Of these sort of feel good, uh, you know. Oscar bait issue movies, particularly ones about, you know, race that are, you know, written and directed by white people. And it's mm-hmm. essentially like a feel good narrative about a black guy. And all a white you have guy. to do is get to know, uh, you know, and like all they've done is just reverse the driving Miss Daisy effect. So it's trope. a white guy. Right. You know, being a valet in, in the subservient well, and, position. And people are constantly uh, accosting them. They're traveling around the South. So yeah. Vigo is also kind of. Uh, the bodyguard and uh, people are forever saying like, "Oh, you, you're driving him." There's and Vigo, Vigo's like, "Oh, Vigo's like, I'm Bafangul." No, but that being said, uh, even against my better judgment, I was actually quite entertained by Green Book, and I gotta say, Vigo uh, plays the hell out of Vigo, that dumbass Vigo Italian. Vigo fucking rule, dude. I loved seeing him play this like a guy who at one point in this movie. Eats a uh, a whole pizza pie in bed by folding the entire pie in half and just eating it like King. a big sandwich. King, <laughs> he is he plays such a fat idiot in this movie. It's incredible. Is this he has a hot dog eating contest. Yep. And his wife is like, "Oh, honey, you kind of going out and losing money better eating the hot dogs." And he's like, "Hey, you know I ate more hot dogs than him." Oh. It's a heartwarming moment. It's a very it's a heartwarming. I can't story. even tell you how many times Will and I have done that. He comes home. And I'm like, honey, it's time for dinner. And he's like, oh, sorry, I just ate 25 hot dogs. It was a feel-good movie about how, you know, we as a society need to maybe do better and move on. And, like, even though it takes place in the 60s, we can look at ourselves now and I'm like, do we 
treat Italian Americans the same way. I was just about to say anti-Italian <laughs> racism absolutely still I mean, persists we, today. Exactly. Do we like when you see uh, you know an Italian in a movie? Like chances are, why are they being portrayed <laughs> as a sort of pseudo criminal slob, um, uneducated? Well, when was uh, the last time you saw you know vaguely illiterate a member uh, of the Italian American community on the street, and you know you approach them just to say like, "How you doing? Have a good day." When was the last time you did that? I think uh, America would be a much different place if we all reached out to Italians more. So, you know. Again, I guess my better judgment because it was, you know, racist against Italians. <laughs> I did. I was entertained by Green Book, you know, which is really all you can ask from a movie. Yep. Next up, another big piece of Oscar bait that like had a very tepid, you know, like po- mostly positive, but kind of tepid reception. I was still interested to see it. Uh, first Man, the movie about Neil Armstrong, the first oh. man to walk on the moon, directed by Damien uh, Chazelle. Shamel, Damien Chazelle, Chazelle, Damien Gazelle, Chazelle, who did La La Land and Whiplash before that. I was interested in this because his movies keep getting worse. I like movie. I like anything movies about the space program. I love the right stuff. I even think Apollo thirteen is a very solid movie. Holy shit! Did I hate this movie? This movie sucked ass. It, it was, was so boring. So boring, and like it, it just. It managed to drain the Apollo program of just about anything interesting or exciting. I didn't even care once they reached the moon. I was like, it wasn't even anticlimactic. Like, you always know they're going to reach the moon. By then, I was like, I kind of wish this thing blew up or something. Like, at least that would be a little excitement. And as I, as I said multiple times, uh, real feat, maybe he deserves an Oscar for making one of mankind's greatest achievements Ever into just a boring two-hour-long slog. Well, the movie does the exact opposite in that, like, it doesn't exactly make the case that putting a man on the moon was like a useful like, thing for mankind, yeah, like, or like a, a good way to spend our limited resources. But it was and money. important for Neil Armstrong as a man. Well, and did like so much in the movie was like him being a boring, like repressed suburban dad talking to either his wife or like other guys in like what would sometimes appear to be total darkness. And I swear to God, like Gosling's performance in this movie is like bizarre. Like he he plays him like a robot. That's like, and I swear to God, I could hear the direct. I could just imagine the director yelling off camera the entire movie. Less, less. No, no, do no, do less. You're moving your face too much. <laughs> no, no, do just say the line again, but quieter. While Claire Foy got the same instruction, although I think it no, comes, Claire- <sighs> although I think it comes more easily to yeah, her. And, and like the idea is like that. Oh, like uh. Yeah, it's it's first man, but like because it's like you know uh, a modern trying to be like woke movie or whatever. It's twenty eighteen. Like, so. Yeah, twenty eighteen. So like, oh no, like uh, his wife was just disappointed. She's a real character, and in ways, she's just as heroic as him. She was just as much of a troop. Oh, uh, they just portrayed her as just a shrew and like a, just a nagging. Seriously, like how how is that better than movie. not portraying her at all? She just has these giant like anime eyes, <sighs> and she's just like. You need to tell your boys that you might not come back from the moon. Well, and she and she say- straight up walks into the control room and is like hassling these guys, and you know it's like, man, it's like you're not scientists, you're you're boys, just a bunch of boys, model playing. airplanes, yeah. And they're like, oh. lady, we all have degrees in advanced stuff, physics and auto- aeronautics. Yeah, here. So, so if so you know, with, with all due respect, yeah. uh, shut the fuck up. Yeah, and also just portrays they're they're married, they're the Armstrongs, and mm-hmm. just portrays. And they've lost a, a young daughter, which is absolutely the crux of the movie. 
uh, but just portrays their relationship as completely bloodless, just no chemistry between them. I noticed, I was like, we have to at least get like a requisite, uh, like, suggestion of love making scene no they don't even kiss in this Catherine movie. was so annoyed that we didn't get a sex scene no Neil no just bawling his wife i was just thinking about all the other 50s movies you know like you at least get some suggestion of like oh these are humans who were at one time attracted to one another but she's like she's like you know you have to tell your boys that you might not make it back from the moon and he like sits them down at the kitchen table and he's like the mission is optimal chances for success <laughs> <laughs> and they just kind of nod, and they're like, wow, thanks, Dad. And then it's just oh. like, he's like, I'm off to the moon, honey. <laughs> and we didn't get one scene of him just like, f- just ferociously, just just <sighs> taking her to pound town like he's about to go away to the prison or something, you know? Fuck her like he's going to miss her. Yeah, or maybe, you know, maybe eat her pussy, you know? The p- people in the 60s, you know, did that if they were going to the moon and they might die. This is, I you might do that for your wife if well, you were going to, <laughs> if you were in the Apollo it's program. A real, it's a special occasion, so, you know, maybe. So there was uh, no, absolutely no pussy eating or a single moment of tension, interest, or drama <laughs> in First Man. So, uh, that, thumbs that, down. That list is in descending order of thumbs, importance. First Man, thumbs down. Thumbs way down. Uh, last Man, in my opinion. Yeah. And then finally, our final movie on the triple feature, Crazy Rich Asians. Why'd crazy you, Rich Asians. Why'd you say it in that voice? Because it's like, they're crazy, they're rich. They're ah, Asian. Ah, ah, I'm screaming. Ah. <laughs> uh, again, I just don't have much to say about this movie, positive or negative. We basically just, uh, talked through the whole thing, but... Uh, it was just like, you the know... The outfits were good. Yeah? Yeah. There was, you know, it was couture. Uh has Michelle Yeoh, an actress I'm uh, a fan of. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, it was just like a a, ro- a romantic kind of dramedy about, you know, American-born Chinese girl who meets his uh, meets her fiancé or her boyfriend's um, insanely wealthy and traditional uh, Chinese family in right. Singapore. And so, of course, there's a lot of uh, machinations mm. around. They don't really want to let her in. Yeah. And they think she's trash. They think she's a gold digger. And, uh, again, spoiler alert, folks, uh, by the end of the movie, Grudging Respect. Uh, and there are two more books, so can't wait to see the ups and downs of this one on their way down the aisle. So uh, that's it for the our, our bonus movie segment. You know, Academy, if you're listening, I hope you will uh, take note. Oh, I'm still waiting on the only screener that I don't have that I really want is I just got Widows. By the way, oh, we, sh- we got. I heard we got to awesome. watch. We got to watch Widows. Widows. I Widows is great. That's the one I was really waiting on, along with oh, I got Mary Poppins. Don't need no, that. No, not um, even as a joke. Sorry, the cold meds. What's the movie that I actually want that I haven't seen? I still want to see Roma in the theater before the big dance, the Oscars, the main events, uh-huh. the, the big tent. Um, fuck. What's the last one? Read my mind, Will. This is this is good practice. Tune in next week. This is good practice for Will. I just want him to read my mind. Tune in next week for the answer to that question. Yeah, Will. The movie Catherine. Will <laughs> Will will have read my mind by that. If you can read Catherine's mind, uh, you know, write in. Fill out an application because that's very uh, that's a desirable characteristic to me. And yeah, gotta love that dramatic tension. This will this will make you tune in next time. Tune in next week. For Vanderpod with Catherine and Will. And Marty. And Marty. 
Thanks, guys. Till next time. Bye. Bye.